Hi, Gateway Church. Welcome to our online service, and happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. He calls us to set our mind on things above, and that the narrative of our life would play out to bring the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God on earth, and to declare it to those around us. And so this morning, I invite you from your couch to join me in playing out that narrative, and join me in asking God to bring for them, 
but what he leaves in them. You operated heavy machinery by day and a tiny toothbrush by night. You lifted me up even higher than you could lift yourself. You told me stories of warriors and dragons, not to convince me that dragons were real, but to show me that evil can be overcome. You mastered the art of carrying a sleeping child, fixing little toys, and making the perfect sandwich. You showed me that you don't have to have superpowers to be a superhero. You knew that there is no quality time without quantity time. You cleaned up my messes, impersonated my favorite animals, and wiped away my tears. You understood that your greatest gift to our family was not your productivity, but your presence. You were focused, but interruptible, brave, but compassionate, strong, but gentle, because there is nothing so strong as gentleness and nothing so gentle as real strength. Thanks, Dad. Acts 3, 11 through 26. While the healed man clung to Peter and John, all the people rushed toward them at Solomon's porch, completely amazed. Seeing this, Peter addressed the people. You Israelites, why are you amazed at this? Why are you staring at us as if we made him walk by our own power or piety? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant Jesus. This is the one you handed over and denied in Pilate's presence, even though he had already decided to release him. You rejected the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you instead. You killed the author of life, the very one whom God raised from the dead. We are witness of this. His name itself has made this man strong. That is, because of faith in Jesus' name, God has strengthened this man whom you see and know. The faith that comes through Jesus gave him complete health right before your eyes. Brothers and sisters, I know you acted by, in ignorance. So did your rulers. But this is how God fulfilled what he foretold through all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer. Change your hearts and lives. Turn back to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then the Lord will provide a season of relief for the distress of this age, and he will send Jesus, whom he handpicked to be your Christ. Jesus must remain in heaven until the restoration of all things, about which God spoke long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up from your own people a prophet like me. Listen to whatever he tells you. Whoever does not listen to that prophet will be totally cut off from the people. All the prophets who spoke from Samuel forward announced these days. You are the heirs of the prophet and the covenant that God made with your ancestors when he told Abraham, through your descendants all the families on earth will be blessed. After God raised his servant, he sent him to you first to bless you by enabling each of you to turn away from your evilness. Good morning, Gateway. 
So excited to be with you here today. I can't wait to jump back into our conversation, into our series 242, which comes out of Acts chapter 2, verse 42, where it says that they were committed and devoted to the apostles' teaching, to breaking bread with one another, to doing life together, to praying for and with one another. And I believe that we desire that here at Gateway as well. We believe that the Word of God is powerful, that it can shape us and mold us, spiritual formation and discipleship. I believe that we want to do life together, that we want to be a people of prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. Does anybody want to say amen to that? So I encourage you to, if you haven't already, to, to grab that cup of coffee, to grab your Bibles, grab your tablets, find your place there on the couch, maybe um, at the table. Maybe you're listening to um, this via a podcast or some kind of other social media venue. And if you're visiting with us for the first time or listening in, if you don't have a regular place of worship, we'd like to encourage you to, to come and we'd just like to say welcome home. We're so glad uh, that you are a part. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 3 verses 11 through 26, which was just read for us just a moment ago. Um, and as we as we go into this time, this conversation together, there's there's two things that, uh, that I want to share with you. So if you want to write that down or uh, make a mental note of that, but just two things, two words. Um, one is repentance, the, the, the sovereign love of God. We want, it, we want to, to talk about that for just a moment. And then the second thing is refresh. And that's actually the title of our message here today. Refresh, the, the, the redemption, the, 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 the redeeming power of God breaking into the present. And if you've been a part of our Mark series, you've heard us say over and over again on many occasions that the kingdom of God is now, that the kingdom of God is at hand. In Acts chapter 2, uh, we saw where Peter was preaching his first sermon to a very diverse group, a very beautiful group there, a crowd in, in, in the upper room. And it was the day of Pentecost. Do, do you remember that? In Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 41, we, we saw where it was this beautiful occasion uh, in that upper room where the, the Ruach of God, the, the, the breath of God filled that place. Do you remember? And then there were the, the, the tons of fire that were representing the presence of God, the, the purification that, that God brings. It, it, rested, it rested upon all of those that were gathered there. The infilling of, of God brought this amazing miracle. Do, do you remember that? Because all of those, the, the miracle was that, that all of those that, that were gathered there, those that came from, from various lands and territories, they were all able to gather there. And as they listened to Peter passionately preach this message, they were able to understand. The miracle was that they were able to understand in their own language. How beautiful is that? Do you remember Genesis chapter 11, the story of Babel? At Babel, people attempted to create unity through uniformity. And in Genesis chapter 11, specific verse four, the people themselves said this, come, come, let us build for ourselves a city tower with its top that reaches into the sky. Let us make a name for ourselves so that we won't be dispersed all over the earth. And then yet in Acts chapter two, with this diverse and this beautiful group, this beautiful mosaic, 
God was pouring out His Spirit upon them, readying them to, to be dispersed out all over the earth. Why? To share the redemptive story. So there's, there's two contrasts here. What people were demanding to do and attempting to do and what God was, was instructing and anointing and empowering and giving authority for people to do. A beautiful, beautiful story that was being represented there in the upper room. When the Spirit comes upon the people that day there in the upper room, when the Spirit comes, there's this, there's this sanctification of the imagination of the people. In the Old Testament, the, the prophet Joel, who Peter is referring to in, in Acts chapter 2, in his first sermon, P Peter is talking about how Joel expected the, the people to have dreams, how Joel expected the, the people to have visions, and how he expected them to have the, the ability to, to see a new means of living and speaking for God. Peter expects God to, to form a, a new people and, and to give them the, the power that they need to live as a new people. We call that repentance. In our message this morning, repentance, the, 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 to, to experience the, the, the sovereign love of God. That, that when we come to a place where we recognize, where we realize, where we accept in our own lives what God has done for us by sending His, His only Son to, to die on the cross for us, to, to shed His blood, to, to take His last breath, to, to take all of our sins, all of our brokenness onto the cross, onto that old rugged tree, and to die on our behalf. When we accept that, when we become repentant of where we're saying, God, I want, to, want you to take my old self, my broken self, and I want to be reconciled to you. That, that, that's repentance. That's where, where, the, where the very love, the, the, where we can experience the very sovereign power of God in our lives. Friends, when we come into a relationship with God, the, the, the grace of God through Jesus Christ is freely bestowed upon us, enabling each of us who turn from sin to seek a life of righteousness. There, there's this hope, this renewed hope. There's this refreshing, there's this renewal of our, of our lives, of our spirit in our relationship with God. The Spirit of God gives to all who repent the, the, the gracious help that, 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 transforming, that transforms our heart and, and, and with hope and grace and, and mercy affords us this, this new being, this, this new way to live. We have this, this new imagination, if you will, of, of this is how life can be when we're committed to the glory of God, when we're committed to sharing of their redemptive story, when we're committed to testifying of what God has done in our own lives. See, when Peter preached that day in the upper room, he, he preached from his heart. He, he preached with passion. He knew that God raised Jesus from the dead. No doubt. He knew that. Someone said, and I quote, that the one who came as a, as a living sign of God, there was this breaking kingdom, this, this breakthrough kingdom when it was crucified, but, but now it is, it is alive. The new reality of God through the ministry, the death and resurrection of, of Jesus has interrupted history and a new reality, a, a new kingdom is at work in the world. So in Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 26, we, we find that, that, that Peter is, is once again preaching. 
But this sermon is, is no longer in the upper room and he's he's not out preaching in the marketplace and, and he's not preaching the sermon at the gate beautiful where where, where just moments ago he he had healed the, 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 the man who was crippled, the man who was begging at the, the gate beautiful. So where is it that, that Peter is preaching this text, Acts chapter 3, 11 through 26? It was in the temple. And it was unlike the first. The upper room gathering was, was one of passion. Like, like let's go. We, we, we've got to be on the move. We've got to take the gospel on the road. We have to take it to all of the ends of the earth. But here in the temple, uh, this sermon, this message was, was highly confrontational. Peter directly confronts the, the, the religious leaders if you remember back in our Mark series, but, but, but the religious leaders, they were always stirring up conflict with Jesus and his ministry. Peter not only accuses the, the religious leaders of conspiring to, to kill Jesus, but, but, but of bearing false witness of him before Pilate in the Gospels. In, in, in John chapter 18, beginning with verse 28, then the Jewish leaders, they, they, they took Jesus from Caiaphas to, to the palace of the Roman governor. And by now it was early morning and, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanliness, they, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out and, and asked them, what charges are you bringing against this man? That being Jesus. If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. In verse 31 of that text, Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to, to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the, the, the kind of death that he was going to die. And in verse 33, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are, are you the king of the Jews? In verse 34, it says, is, is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? I am a Jew, uh, Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests, they, they handed you over to me. Uh, what is it that, that, that you have done, Jesus? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If I were, my servants would, would fight to prevent my, my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But, but, but now my kingdom is from another place. In verse 37, you are a king then, Pilate replied. Jesus answered, you, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to te testify to this truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is the truth? Retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis to charge this man. But it is, it is your custom for me to, to release you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release this king of the Jews? And in verse 40, they shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. See, Jesus was innocent. Church, Jesus was innocent of, of all of the crimes for which he was charged. And, and the one who was guilty was released. Jesus was holy. Jesus was just. Peter in this second sermon there in the temple is addressing, he's, he's confronting the fact that the religious leaders rejected Jesus. They rejected the holy and righteous one. 
He is letting them know that, that they are morally responsible. Dr. Scott Daniels says, and I quote, it is critical that, that, we, that, that as we look at the cross, we are confronted with our, with our sinfulness, especially in all forms of violence. What the temple leaders did, did not, is not unique to, and new to human, humankind. They did no more than embody the sinful rejection of God's revealed purposes in the same way that all of humankind before them had done and as all of humankind since then has continued to do. See, friends, the, the cross stands as a continual reminder of the patterns of destruction woven into to the fabric of human history. Everyone. Everyone, including Peter himself, stands guilty before the cross. But here's the good news. Here's what we can celebrate here today. The good news is, is, that, is that God's sovereign love can redeem a repentful heart and give it a redemptive purpose. Amen. See, Jesus' love for us on the cross can end our brokenness. His love can end the, the vicious cycle of sin that is in our lives. We've heard this shared many times, and this is in our, in our hymn books and, and in our worship expression, but there, there's power in the name of Jesus. And we even saw that just a few verses back in verses 1 through 10, where, where Peter and John, they're making their way to the temple, and they saw the man at the gate beautiful. And, and, and Peter expresses to the beggar at the time, he says, he says, I, I don't have a nickel to my name, but what I do have, I want to freely give you in the name of Jesus. And he reaches out and he, he grabs the man's hand and he pulls him up and his, and his ankles and his feet found strength. Do you, do you remember that from this last week? I, I look at this text and, and I think it's important for us as believers for those of us to, to understand and to embrace that, 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 that we have to have and we have to seek a relationship with Christ. And it is then that we will experience the, the, the power, the, the washing, the infilling of, of his love, of his presence, of his guidance, of his spirit, of, of his wisdom, of his divine discernment. There's power in the name of Jesus. We need to cry out to him. We need to call upon him. Psalm 55 verse 16 says, but I will call upon the name of the Lord and he will save me. He will save me. And T. Wright says, and I quote, using the name of Jesus isn't a matter of a, of a new kind of, of magic, a mumbling, a, a secret word, a kind of a abracadabra, which will make things happen automatically. No, he says there has to be faith Faith in one who speaks the name. Faith in the one who hears it. End quote. And then secondly, um, refreshment. Re re refresh. Refreshing. The, the, the redemption. Breaking into the present. God's kingdom breaking into our hearts and our lives now. Look, look at verse 21 in, in, in Peter's second sermon. We, we begin to see that, that he's expressing that, that, that there's this ultimate promise in this verse, that, that God is creator, uh, that, that he is creator and he will judge, but he will also redeem all things. And T. Wright says, and I quote, what God is going to do to the, to the whole of creation, he has done for Jesus in raising him from the dead. 
The central belief of the early church that, that God would restore all things are found throughout the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 1, you can write some of these texts down, but Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10. A plan for the fullness of time to, to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Colossians chapter 1 verse 20. Through him, God was pleased to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 13. In accordance with his promise. We wait for new heavens and new earth where, where righteousness is at home. Revelation 21, 1. Then I saw a new heaven and, and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 28. When all things are subjected to him, then the son of man, the son himself, will also be subjected to the one who put all things in subjection under him so that God may be all in all. Romans chapter 8, verse 21. In hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole, that, that creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. When God returns all things, will things be restored? But in, in the meantime, by the Spirit, there will be times of refreshing Times of the, of the future redemption breaking through into the present. In Peter's second sermon, he, he preaches the Old Testament in, in 15 verses. And, and, and that's pretty compelling. I mean, he pretty much preaches the, the Old Testament to all of those that are gathered to there, together in that temple. To the religious leaders that are in audience of him. He's giving them a history lesson. Peter proclaims that the, the, the story from the, from the beginning with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Samuel and, and so on is a, is a story about forming the people who will be a redemptive blessing to the world. Did you hear that? We are called to be a redemptive blessing to the world. That we are called to share, to testify of the goodness of God, what God has been doing, what God is doing, and what we know God will do in our lives in the future. Peter takes and he challenges the temple leaders to, to give up their brokenness and, and to enter into the, the redemptive plan of the holy God. In closing, I, I believe that this is a, a good word for us today. I believe that, that, that we need to, as we, as we listen, as we read, as we look into God's word, that, that we give up that which is creating separation between us and God. To, to leave our brokenness and, 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 and lean into the redemptive plan, the redemptive holy plan of a holy father, holy God. The God who is the God of righteousness. The God who is a God of compassion. The God is, who is a God of mercy and grace. I believe that if we become a people that truly seek repentance and seek re, 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 reconciliation, the, the sovereignty of God that can be expressed in our lives, that we will, we will experience this refreshing, this renewal in our own lives where we can go and express the redemptive story. I believe that God is moving 
I believe that God is here amongst us. I believe that God is here for those of us that are gathered in our living rooms and in various places that, that we can sense the presence of God. My question to you today would be, are you seeking a, 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 an infilling of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you seeking reconciliation in your relationship with God? If there's separation, my friend, I would encourage you to seek that now. I would encourage you to pray for that now. And if you have that, I would encourage you to continue to share that. As Peter gathered with those folks, he was sharing of the goodness of God. He was also addressing that there are those that are separated from God. That there's an opportunity to be reconciled, to be in relationship with, and to hear God say, come, draw close, my beloved. Well, this is the word of the Lord this morning. Thanks be to God for the people of God. Have a great day. It's been great having this conversation with you. Blessings, and we'll see you again this next week. First John 2 says that whoever abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Meaning that if we are to call ourselves Christians and live into that lifestyle truly, that we would walk as Jesus walked here on earth. And so, Lord, this morning our cry as your people is that you would fall afresh on us, Lord, that you would awaken our souls to pinpoint the ways in which we are living distant from you and not living out the calling that you have placed on our life. Lord, today we are repenting. We are asking you to fall afresh on us. Let us join in the narrative in which you have written on our lives to walk with you.
chosen to worship with us. 